All right, so Yuli, you said you ran into the creatures, the changed. Now, my question is, did you see that whole mob again? Yeah, we did. You did? You're going to tell us about that coming up? Yeah, I will. Okay. We made our way out of the labyrinthine halls in the state capitol building, which so impressed President Theodore Roosevelt at its dedication in 1906, where saw a big plaque explained on one of the walls. Back at the entrance, where we had first come in, we peered out the windows to make sure no one was outside waiting for us. I wanted to ask Xavier what he wasn't telling me about the power blackout and the deaths and the strange people we were running from, but I figured I had no room to ask questions since I had brought us into the city for no good reason. It looks like the coast is clear. No one around the car, Xavier said, his voice calm. So let's go, I said, gripping and regripping the stock of the shotgun, anxious to get back to the car and get on the road, but scared we'd run into the mob again. Hold up, boss, Xavier said. You're not the only one who has family in this fair city. It just so happens I have a grandmother in Allison Hill I'd like to see. Everyone knew about Allison Hill from the news or reports on TV. Lots of shootings and drugs and bad news from that part of Harrisburg. Normally, it was a crazy, dangerous place to go. But since the world had turned upside, it, it might prove to be the safest place to be for all I knew. So let's go, I said. I think Xavier was expecting me to argue or beg him not to go because he looked at me an extra beat before speaking. Maybe your daddy knew what he was doing when he gave you that name, Ulysses, Xavier said with a big grin as he slapped me on the back. Now watch out, one of these bastards will get us. We reopened the massive door which somehow closed again in our absence. Outside, the sun shone bright directly overhead. Noon or close to it, I thought as we ran down the steps toward the car, our steps scraping loud on the stone steps. I heard the moaning before I saw anything. Ahead of us on the sidewalk, Finn turned to the right. His legs splayed out like he was ready to pounce or run, while low grumbling came from his chest. I saw what he was looking at, and when I caught up to him, maybe 30 yards away, a whole mass of people were coming at us, just like before. Not running, but not walking either. More like lurching toward us. Xavier wasted no time opening the door and started up the car. Problem was, it didn't start. I slid into the back seat again while Finn growled, his head low, in the direction of the approaching mob. Give it some gas and let's get out of here, I said. Thanks, Yuli. So I should give it some gas and then we can leave. His voice full of sarcasm. But he jammed his foot on the pedal another time and the engine turned over in a roar as he pulled down the gear selector and popped it in the drive, jumping off the curb like a steel whale breaking the surface. Wait for Finn, I yelled. Finn shot through the open back door, his chest heavy on my lap as he clawed his way into the car. But all of a sudden, Finn went in reverse and I realized two people had him by the legs. Their emotionless pale faces revealing nothing as they yanked and grabbed for his legs. I lashed out with the butt of the shotgun, hitting one on his wrist and, the, and another in the face. Both let go and Xavier jammed on the gas. Driving away with a yelp from Finn, gurgling sounds from another guy who held on to Finn's feet for, for a few seconds until letting go after being dragged along the blacktop. I pulled the door shut in time to see a woman bounce off the right hood as we headed back toward the, toward the river. Her lifeless eyes flashing past me as we drove on. I thought we were going to Allison Hill, I said. I changed my mind, Xavier said. Besides, Grandma has, has survived this long living in that war zone. She'll last a few more days. She knows better than anyone how to lay low. I didn't argue, but I really wanted to know what he knew. Take the Harvey Taylor Bridge and go through Lemoyne on Market Street, I told him. I know how to get to Camp Hill, Odysseus, Xavier told me. Since you know so much, tell me why the only kind of people we're running into are either dead or whacked out zombies. Like I already told you, they're not zombies. And not everyone is dead or whacked out, Xavier said. Besides you, the last normal person I met was a kid in my neighborhood named Teddy. He looks normal, Xavier said casually, pointing at a lanky kid in a gray hoodie 
his long blonde hair blowing over his face. He was the only person walking along the side of the bridge, with his thumb hooked out for a ride like he expected all kinds of offers from all kinds of drivers, even though we were probably the only people he had seen in a moving vehicle for the last week. Xavier slowed down as he came up to the kid, who bent down from up on the sidewalk of the bridge. He smiled easily and said, You mind giving me a lift? Shh! Xavier laughed as he hit the button that popped open all the locks. I can tell already you're a real crazy bastard. The kid moved his hand toward the handle of the rear door, but changed his mind when he saw Finn McCool through the open through the window, panting and taking up most of the seat. As he pulled open the front passenger door and slid in and shut the door in one easy motion. Then he rolled down the window and banged the roof twice. Let's go, gentlemen. Looks like a mob is moving across the bridge from Yon Fair City, and I'd rather not hear what it has to say to us. As I turned around, I could see the mob we had left up at the Capitol building, building beginning to surge across the bridge. Finn whimpered, and I felt like whimpering when I heard their moans and feral noises coming from somewhere in their throats, looking, looking, coming closer. Like before, Xavier popped it in a drive and slammed on the gas, making the car leap forward, its huge body shooting just ahead of its frame, then stopping abruptly as the engine stalled completely dead. You have got to be kidding me, the kid said. His eyes looking back at the mob through a side mirror. They're like 50 yards away, you know, he said, trying to keep the panic from his voice. I saw Xavier jump. I saw Xavier pump the gas a couple of times while the kid watched him. Don't flood the engine, he told Xavier, his hands up in protest. It needs gas. It worked before, Xavier argued. It's got gas, the kid said. It's probably really old gas. Just turn it off. Take your foot off the pedal. And let it sit for a few seconds. Xavier did it. Calm and cool, he sat there. But I was looking back at the mob. It looked bigger and more aggressive than before. I saw clubs now and guns. Sure enough, the shots started coming our way, blowing apart the side mirror the kid had been looking into. Xavier didn't have to be told to try again. He turned the key and barely touched the pedal as the engine turned over. This time he eased the Oldsmobile up to speed, so we were doing 45 by the time we exited the bridge. I never even looked back to see how close the mob had come, but I could tell by how much Finn was shaking against me that it had been awfully close. I carried two or three bullets going through the rear window, leaving spidery brakes everywhere, but I was more scared of the fact that a mob can stop a car, even one this size. Get the rear w windows off the ground, it doesn't matter how powerful the engine is. It won't move. The Flatten the tires, and it won't move fast or far. I guess the guys were thinking the same thing, because they weren't talking either.